Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome to Wildcast Studio for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcast, presented by Alpha's Appliance Solutions right now till, well, today, February 28th, they've got the KitchenAid Buy More, Save More event. Save $200 when you purchase any two qualifying KitchenAid appliances, three when you purchase any 300 when you purchase any three, and four when you purchase any four. 400 when you purchase any four. Man, I'm going to get through these reads at some point. Uh, KitchenAid freestanding appliances now till uh, this Wednesday. As always, fan listeners, I'm struggling through this. I'm your host, Adam, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Now, would you like to talk about one of two things? Your new puppy or Love is Blind? Uh, actually, I didn't get to watch Love, and Bli- Love is Blind yet. Um, so let's talk about my puppy. Let's talk about your puppy. All right, yeah. you got a new puppy. I got a new puppy. Yeah. So we drove um, Saturday to the uh, bustling metropolis of Saint Isidore, New Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, which is, I would say, about an hour north of uh, Miramichi. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, got our our little golden doodle uh, named Teddy. That's and my kitty's name. Everybody, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody says he looks like a teddy bear, so the name is uh, quite fitting. Uh, and um, yeah, so far it's actually been going really well. There's only been one accident, and that was because it was way too damn cold <laughs> Sunday morning for a myself to be outside, and b for an eight week old puppy yeah. to be outside. So I did take him out, didn't do anything, uh, and this came inside and. Shit and piss all over the kitchen floor. So, other yeah. than that, it's been going well. The nights, uh, the dog sleeps literally like a baby. You put him in his kennel and he's out and doesn't wake up till the next morning. And uh, how's Iggy with him? Um, so we never did get Iggy's nuts chopped off. Uh-huh. Um, so he's a very aggressive. Horny <laughs> dog, um, so he he was extremely excited, excited, yeah, uh, sexually, yeah, for uh, the first day, and um, but you know what? Uh, after day two, he was fine. There right. was no uh, sexual excitement uh, <laughs> on day two, and so we're uh, everything's going well. They're they've been playing, so we uh, couldn't be. Couldn't be happier. It's going actually going a lot a lot better than uh, than we expected. And they're about the same size, eh? Yeah. So Iggy's got probably is a little bigger right now. Right. Uh, but this dog Teddy, man, he eats like he's he he, he cooks like this guy is is uh, probably eats four or five times a day. Wow. Uh, so you know he's going to be a big boy. Uh, you know because right now he's probably only eight pounds. Mm-hmm. But if he's eaten. Five times a day, you know, within two months, he's going to be heavier than the knee. How big so is he supposed to get? 30 or 40 pounds. So, yeah, uh, it's honestly been going really, uh, really well. And haven't watched uh, Love is Blind yet. I didn't even know there was a new season. Oh, yeah, it came out. I think it came out Valentine's Day. I took a while before I started watching it. And then eventually you see all the stuff on online and the TikToks and all that. And you're like, all right, we got to. There's apparently a lot of uh, a lot of drama on this one. Well, um, people are in relationships while being on the show. Nice. Um, a lot of a lot of drama on this one. I'll be surprised of the four couples. Um, I'll maybe one. It's kind of like that first the first season mm-hmm. where that one couple was just together and you just knew they were going to work. There's maybe one couple that's like that, but the rest of them are just just train wreck after train wreck. So oh, well, that'll give me something to do. Uh... Next week when I'm on a scouting uh, Yes, a, we are recording this mission. on a Sunday because right, you're off yeah. to a scouting mission. Where are you headed to? It's a scouting mission. So I'm going to be doing a Junior A tour uh, across the Maritimes. And uh, we'll see if I can find some uh, some talent for the for the Wildcats next season. Because uh, after Sunday's performance, <laughs> well, they're going to need some talent. Yeah, they're going to need some. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a little bit. It's... Uh, like uh, like I posted on Twitter just before, life as a Wildcats fan, we're back. It's over. We're back. It's over. Um, that's pretty much how that uh, how that went. Yeah, much more fun weekend for you. 
Uh, Layla's been, well, she was at the hospital with like a rib thing. Oh, geez. Um, last weekend, which she was off, and then Thursday, Friday, she ends up getting sick. So she's been fighting the cold all weekend. So yeah. it's just been. Yeah, I had one last week. Not fun. You no, know, just been sitting at home, well, binging Love is Blind, as you can all tell, and yeah. uh, doing a whole lot of lot of nothing. It's funny. I saw I mean, it was like, it's good to, they say it's good to have a lazy day once. It's healthy. If I have seven of them, am I seven times as healthy? Because I had a very lazy, uh, very lazy weekend. But I've been watching the Scotties too. Yes. Um, Big final. Hopefully, up, yeah. by the time you hear this, Holman will represent Canada Absolutely. in uh, in Nova Scotia. But he was yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney, Nova yeah. Scotia. We'll see. It's uh, Holman against Jennifer Jones. She finishes up her Scotties career. So a couple legends already. Yeah. If there's one, to, if there's one that's going to win other than Holman. Thank God it's not Carrie Anderson. She was eliminated. I'll allow Jennifer Jones to win in yep. her final. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her yeah. final Scotty. So I, love, I, I like them both, uh, but I do. I love Emma Miskew. If that's yes. Uh, you know, yeah. Right? Yeah. Nope. That's hundred percent. Nice piece of artwork. Yeah. Um, no. Nope. Great curler too. Yeah. Great curler. Great curler. Tons of skill. Yeah. Absolutely. Love Good it. sweeper. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we align there for sure. All right. Don't forget to follow us on all the social medias, Twitter, Monk to Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and of course, like and subscribe here on YouTube. Click the bell so you don't miss any of the podcast post games as well. Um, the show, we've got a quick question from friend of the show. An um, Eagles insider. An Eagles insider from the talent blog, Drew Bear. Here is his question, and it's not as Eagles related as you think. Oh my man. Hi, I'm Andrew from Talon Blog. My question is, who do you see as the team having the most pressure to win this year? I think he was recording that in Zone Sobies. No, he was recording that at the game today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the game was going to be my second, uh, yeah. my second He's like, let choice. me just let, let warm up, finish up, and then it's pretty loud in here. I'm like, yeah. sure, whenever you got a chance. But. Sounded more like Sobies. But, uh, <laughs> hard-working uh, guy, hard-working guy. The team with the most pressure. Um Part of me wants to say Halifax just because they, they went all in with the 320s they acquired last year yeah. um, and had a chance to sell off or coop some of those assets. Uh, and didn't, wanted to make a push for it, and then had to kind of like you said, plan B moves at the deadline. So mm-hmm. I think they're under a bit of pressure if I look inside the division. Overall, uh, I think it's Drummondville going out and making that big deal with, with Goche being um, being acquired and going and get a couple of Quebec guys and Kasim Godet and mm-hmm. – uh, and Komarov at the uh, just before the deadline, so um, I think Drummondville is kind of under a lot of pressure, including the coaching move last year and bringing in Sylvan Vavreau from Halifax, who went to the finals last year. So um, I would kind of put Drummondville in that uh, in that spot. I have to agree with you, Halifax. Um, you know, this is year two where they've you know they've gone and tried to and try to win. You know, they were a game away from yeah. you know or two wins away from. Uh, being at the Memorial Cup last year, and uh, I th- made the moves to, you know, get that far again, uh, and they're, you know, they're beating teams that uh, that are also contenders. Like they've, uh, yeah. you know, they've been beating Drummondville's, they've been beating Victoriaville's, uh, they've been, you know, beating Bay Como, uh, so they're they're getting those uh, those wins. Uh, but I think it's it, it's going to. For them, it's going to come down to Russo, and if he has, you know, the stamina to to go on another long run. Yeah, you know, they've got that new ownership there, and, and they came mid midway through last season, and you can kind of tell that they've, you know, they want to give the owners, uh, the new owners, a championship ring, and uh, they tried to do it last year, didn't get it. They're going to try to do it again this year because if they don't get it this year, uh, I don't think they'll be in. No, they uh, in the contention for probably another three, three or half, four, three yeah. or four years. Yeah. You know, it's it's probably going to be an extremely long rebuild. Um, everybody knows Catterford's going to be traded for next season, whether it's at the draft in Moncton or at Christmas. Uh, McKinnon's likely going to be traded. Same thing. Will it be at the draft or will it be at Christmas? Bit of check, maybe Bit of Rousseau. check for sure. Maybe um, Rousseau if he's back. Rousseau, yeah, if he's back. Uh, it's nightning next season, especially in the second half, is going to be pretty tough in, in Halifax. And I think for for their sake, uh, they'll probably try to hang on to Catterford and 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 McKinnon just to get as many wins in mm-hmm. the first half as, as possible. So I, I'd have to go with Halifax. You know, they're this is year two of them trying to trying to win, and uh, they're they're trying to win for the new owners. 
and I think they're going to do everything they can to to try to get it. Yeah, you look at the teams that the contending teams that they were playing, uh, six and one record against Baycomo, Drummondville, Victoriaville, uh, and Miranda Randa. Mm-hmm. Six one and one uh, record against those teams. Which, when we're trying to chase them, we're looking at the schedule, going, "Oh, like they should have a tough road trip." And nope, they they kind of roll through those teams, and then they end up losing to teams that they should um, eventually beat. So it's mm-hmm. it's a good question. I mean, a lot of teams that kind of go push their chips all in are um, are under the pressure, but I think those are kind of the two that we would have to say is under the most pressure. So, Andrew, Drew Bear, thank you mm-hmm. for that question. We truly appreciate uh, that. I, I kind of, when he asked it, I thought it was going to be a Wildcats slash Eagles. Like, yeah. do you want to play us, or what do you think the success in the playoffs, blah, 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 something like mm-hmm. that. But, um, no, a very good question from uh, from Mr. Barrington in, in uh, Cape Breton. Yeah, for sure. If, if I want to put in a second team in there, I'd probably go with Bay Como. Um, re- just based on the reason that, you know, they brought in the Ballard brothers. Um for one year, yeah, you know, um, and I know when we had the the Baycomo guy on the show a few weeks ago, he said, you know, are, are they going to be around next season, or are they going to be good enough to to win again next season? I think they've got too many nineteen year olds. If they were nineteen year olds this year, or actually eighteen, mm-hmm. I think they'd they'd be in a position to uh, to win, you know, be this year or next, next year, year. but. Uh, I think the Ballard brothers are 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 one and duns and yeah and Bay Como, and so I think this will be the year that uh, plus they paid a ton for Gravel. Yeah, yeah. So I think the coaching staff and the GM probably made a promise to the Ballard brothers that you know if you come here we're we're going to win. Yep. And uh, or at least do everything we can to win. Yeah, you know, and their package deal. So uh, that that's probably what brought them to Bay Como is the promise to, to you know get a championship and you know they're they're top of the league for for a reason yep 100 percent. all right thanks for your question there drew baron again if anybody wants a question just reach out to us on dm send us a voice message you'll be on the show uh let's get some news and notes from around the queue news and notes from around the queue so because we are recording this on sunday we don't have the player of the week or the team of the week uh but we do have some news that came down uh last week uh, yannick gene of shikutami is now the winningest coach Got his 590th victory uh, as as Chicoutimi beat Victoriaville. Um, he come in, he coached uh, the PEI Rocket, the Victoriaville Tigra, and now Chicoutimi. Uh, 68 wins with Prince Edward Island, 229 with Victoriaville, and 293 with um, just Again, you want coaches to have that longevity. Whichever market they're at, he had it in Victoriaville, he had it in Chicoutimi. It's just a testament to the the old school way of thinking and now adapting to the new players and being able to continue the success um, in really two places in Victoriaville and Chicoutimi. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not often you have a coach that's only been behind the bench of three teams. Yeah, that has you know been in that many is it that many games or or, or wins was it wins it was wins yeah, yeah. exactly so that's um, that's that's quite an accomplishment and. You know, that's, um, he's probably the, you know, the X factor. You know, when you look at uh, facing off against Shakutami in, in the first round, yeah. you know, I think he's kind of the X factor. You know, he's got that, uh, he's got that pedigree. He's got that, uh, you know, all those wins in his back pocket. If anyone can, can probably, well, anyone can outcoach Dan McQuall, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, you know, if, any, if yeah. anyone can. Uh, can steal a wins just uh, just being a, a body behind the bench. It's it's him. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what I mean. Like right now we're we're lined up with you know facing the facing Scooter me in the yeah. in the first round and uh, you know you look at him and that's uh, that's some guy that I think could could easily steal a couple games in that series. Yeah, and taking a team like you always want to be you always want to have those years where you have those long playoff runs and then you've got the rebuild and. Shikutami seemed like they might have been on the trajectory with us and kind of the same level. Then they kind of spun it, knew they weren't going to be competitive, got a bunch of rookies. If there's a team that can take, like, to have a long playoff run with a very young, inexperienced team, um, it would be Shikutami. And they're showing it right now. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10, yep. um, proving that you don't want them in, in that first round, um, especially in a 2-3-2 and on the big ice. I mean, that in itself is uh, is a bit of a situation for... 
when it comes down to coaching, when it comes down to matching lines and stuff like that and getting the most out of your players, um, he's been uh, kind of a staple behind the bench uh, there in Shikudami. Yeah, he's, they've picked up uh, some big wins here recently as yeah. well against some of the big teams. So they're, it's not, um, you know, they're no pushover. Did the PEI Rocket become the PEI, or the Charlottetown Islanders? Did they go somewhere? Do you oh, know? Oh, man. No, the... Because it says not... Oh, my God, I should know this. Um... Was it a rebrand? I, I should remember. I should know this, but I don't. It's okay. You don't have it's, to. I mean, I'm not in my Monday my Monday, Monday mindset. Monday, Monday mindset. Yeah. Um. Obviously, closer to the uh, closer to home. Loshing was suspended three games for his uh, kneeing major on uh, Morneau. Uh, he missed Sunday's game. Uh, he'll also miss his birthday game against Baycomo and uh, another big game uh, with some playoff implications. Uh, against Cape Breton on March 2nd. He's eligible to come back on March 6th. Uh, again, we kind of talked about it off air. I don't... Um, uh, they relocated to... Oh, they went to Montreal. Wait. Okay, they rebranded... Yeah, so 2013-2014, yeah. they rebranded to the Charlottetown Islanders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there we go. Um, yeah, missing some, some big games in that three-game... Uh, Suspension, and we kind of talked about off air that I thought it might be one, and you had said maybe um, it was three because he was a pre defender, but we can't remember the last time he yeah. was uh, suspended, and maybe the Morneau injury was a factor in that. Mm-hmm. It was black and white, like it was a knee, full on put his knee out. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's, uh, I think he was, I think he were right, I think he was suspended early on, so repeat defender, but I think um, it's more the injury, yeah, because uh, we saw Morneau didn't play. Uh, Sunday, uh-huh. and according to the, the Islanders broadcast, he's day to day, so it's not just uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to milk this in to mm-hmm. to get him suspended yeah. or anything like that. You know, it's it sounds like there's an injury there, so that is likely why it's it's three games, and yeah, it sucks that he's missing, you know, probably two two big games, yeah. especially his birthday game, and but uh, you know, let him eat cake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's this. It's a tough situation, especially when it's your your captain. You just you don't want to see that at all. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, and the biggest news, we saved it for the end. The league has voted and announced to reduce the schedule from sixty eight to sixty four games for the upcoming seasons. Um, I guess before I get into my thoughts, because I made no my thoughts clear. Um, your thoughts on reducing the four games to getting to sixty four? The uh, huge support, huge yeah. supporter. I think it's stupid that these players have to report back on Boxing Day. Uh, give these, give them at least, um, the, you know, the, the December thirtieth games and the thirty first games are, to me, a little. Yes, I understand the New Year's Eve game is is huge for, you know, ticket revenue. So I don't think the teams want to give up on that game. But even if that's but the game you come back, you on. have games on the twenty eighth of December for crying out loud. Yeah. You don't have to have games on the twenty eighth of December. You can have them come back on the 28th of December yeah. or the 29th of December and have games on New Year's Eve. That's okay. But for for the love of God, I mean, there's absolutely no reason for these players to come back on Boxing Day. It's stupid. Um, so those games that are on the 28th, eliminate them. There's your, there's your one game of the four. Uh, and weekday games are – any other weekday game really can be taken away. For us this season, probably Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can take Thursday games off the calendar. Yeah, last uh, year they had two Tuesday random games. Yeah, and that's Tuesdays. What's the point of a Tuesday yeah. game? Uh, Unless it's a weather makeup game, then yeah, Tuesdays well, are fine. That, that makes sense. That's fine. That but makes these sense. random Tuesday games are. But December twenty eighth games are are pointless to me. Yeah. Uh, you know they're away from their families for sometimes. If you have a really good team, you're away from your family for nine months out of the year. Give them a couple extra days at home for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's that's probably the if if any games are if any of the games are one of those four that are removed, make it make it those games that December twenty eighth or whatever game. It's just yeah, no one wants to be, no one wants to go watch a hockey game. You know, you're 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 in real juniors mode. You know, those, those are the only games they should be watching on December 28th as the Royal yeah. Juniors. There's no reason to have your, your junior players back on that date. Yep. I mean, you look at this year's schedule. The, we play four games in September. So you can start the schedule October. You can take the final four games 
at the end of the year against Cape Breton, St. John, Bathurst, Bathurst. Mm-hmm. Ended on the 16th. Start your playoffs a little bit earlier. Um, take the games away in Christmas, whatever you got to do. Um, I, I did like what Aiden had tweeted that uh, these reducing in the games kind of reduce that mid that midweek schedule so families and ticket holders don't have to decide um, kind of between going to a Tuesday game or going to a weekend game if they can only go to one game a week. Um, for me, I, I think it's a first great step for the league. I think this is mm-hmm. – I would like to go down to 60. Um, I, th- I, th- I still think there's some more work to do, and I, th- I think it's more – Quebec games here, um, more Quebec teams here. We only have 12. Um, I worked out a schedule where we play each of our division six times, um, which is down from, I think, the eight or nine we do right now. We play the Eastern Conference, so Baycomo, Ramouski, Shikunami, Quebec, four times, two home, two road. Uh, you'd play the other conference twice. And then, so that would, I think that gave me 62 games. So you alternate who gets that seventh game in your own division. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at the schedule, yes, we've got some big matchups with Cape Breton and uh, Bathurst, and they're fighting for playoff spots in Charlottetown. But for, and this is a personally on a ticket sale for putting butts in seats, wouldn't it be much cooler if one of your games for Cape Breton this month was against Ramuski, who they're chasing, or us uh, taking on Shakutami? who were kind of not really chasing or anything like that, but it's a playoff preview. Mm-hmm. That's one of your games in March. Fans don't want to go see a whole month full of divisional games. They just oh, don't. No. And and I understand it where travel-wise, but <laughs> usually March is better travel than January to get them Quebec teams in. Like I'm, As much as it sucked to get Baycomo twice in the second half, I'm pumped that we get them almost in March. Um, mm-hmm. And I know like Charlottetown's on their way to Quebec to start the month of March. Like I like the games against the Quebec teams, but you're close at reducing the amount of games um, for these kids. They are student athletes first and foremost, mm-hmm. but it's just the next step is giving us more Quebec teams, 64 games. We only get 12 against Quebec teams. We need a little bit more, especially in your conference. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we get Baycomo, Ramuski, Shikunami builds those rivalries um, a little bit more. And, and that's, that's where I'm at is just, I love the reduce. I'd like to go down to 60, um, finish the season midway through March and start your playoffs then, and then kind of go through. Or the next step is finish, fi- figure out C-Shep and start the u- league year when the OHL and the WHL does after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Start your hockey, your training camp, right in around Labor Day, and start the season October 1st. Yep. I can't uh, I can't go wrong with that. The C-Shep rule, everybody knows how we feel about that <laughs> yeah. one. And if you don't tune in on our preseason show, yeah. middle of August. Yeah, exactly. It's just the same, the same thing every every year in terms of what we uh, what yeah. we talk about. So there's no no surprise there. I like uh, this is a good first step. Sixty games for me might be a little too much. Not not too much, but too many too much games Reducing, taken yeah. away. Yeah. Um, I feel that's way it's going, so they can only have the weekends kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a CIS schedule. Now. If you're going to be playing less games, yeah. what do you do to ticket prices? You would think they're going to come down. Let's wait to see how many teams actually lower their ticket yeah. prices. Yeah, they might not in year one, but we'll see. You would think they'd come down, but... I can tell you one team was probably not going to no. lower their ticket prices. Nope, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm... Can you take a guess? I bet I can guess. And I bet I don't need a, yeah. Yeah, it's one. But anyways, um, but yeah, it... <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this is not the first time, and hopefully this is the thing that the OHL and the WHL come to like for whatever it's, it's not statistical advantage, but games advantage. I know that. The WHL used to play more games. I think the one year that uh, Bathurst went to the Memorial Cup, Swift Current played like 110 games or 108 games by the time they got to the final because they had like four extra regular season games and then all the playoffs and stuff. So try to eliminate the schedule. Everybody plays 64. Kind of you're a CHL league. You should all be together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. All right. Let's get into the uh, <laughs> let's get into the weekly rewind. Weekly Rewind. 
All right, the Wildcats go two and one on the weekend, bringing their record to 32-18-4-3 for 71 points on the season. Again, good enough to stay second in the Maritimes as well, third in the conference, which, again, we'd have a playoff series against Shakutami Thursday. Flat out survived. They survived to get the two points, beating Bathurst 3-2 in a shootout uh, on the back of a 43-save effort from Keegan Warren. Um, if it's not for him, we are getting two, maybe one point out of this whole weekend. It, you know, he was he was as good as advertised. I think the shots in the first period were what 14 to three or 16 to three or something like something, that. Like something ridiculous like that. Something like that. And it's it's a theme of these past two games where. When he's been in the net, the guys in front haven't quite been there for him. Um, yeah, fourteen to three in that first period, uh, only down one nothing. Uh, I went. I didn't watch this game. I went out. The one night my company <laughs> has a dinner event or has a group event, and I miss a hockey game. I get a forty-five or forty-three save effort, and I miss a Michigan. Wicked. Uh, apparently. A ton of people in Bathurst missed it. There was only 1,900 people at that game, but um, yeah, that's, Michigan that's from... That's crowd in Bathurst. Yeah, that is true. Um, and a Michigan from Grenier tying the game, um, which, good thing it went in, because it's one of those... If I, Actually, you know what? That's not even one of those. I don't mind him trying that when you're coming around the net. Uh, most of these goalies are butterfly goalies that come across. Mm-hmm. They take the bottom of the net away. Um, and like I talked to him on the podcast post-game, he's done it, he did it twice in U18. He does it in practice, so it's not like something he wasn't going to be familiar with doing. I think every player on that team owes a steak dinner yeah. uh, to Keegan Warren after that that performance. Um, it was going to be a different, a little bit of a different conversation coming in if it wasn't for him. And yeah. you know that uh, you know not only did he make forty three saves, he stopped another three in the shootout. You know, so really. Put that, uh, make that a forty-six save effort, mm-hmm. uh, and and even better. Um, you just, what can you say? That was probably one of the better goalie performances we've seen, you know, in in recent years here in Moncton, especially yeah. when it came to when it came to quality of shots and the quantity of shots. Uh, that was uh, a heck of a performance, and. Uh, you know, Miles kind of got the sealed it in the in the shootout there with a. I saw. I don't even what what these players call that move, but anyways, um, yeah, Michigan was. I was. I just remember my jaw just <laughs> dropped, and uh, it, again, we talked about it last week. I wish the call was better on the goal, but I also understand it was Bathurst announcer. You know, uh, I was. That's and that's the only highlight they have, right? I don't yeah. understand why the highlights. Only have the home announcer. I don't you know, know if it's a thing where they should flip it to the road announcer or what. But I've noticed that. If, I mean, it's it's all it is. You know, it's it's always cue highlights are always the home team. You yeah. should have the option of choosing whose call you want to listen to. Yeah. Um, because the Bathurst announcer said he banked it in off the goalie. <laughs> what? What? That's not it, it took him three views of the goal to realize it was a Michigan. Oh, wow. Oh, Peter. Peter. <laughs> Peter, 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 pumpkin eater. My goodness gracious, my old man. Um, yeah, you blew it. Yeah. Uh, yeah you but did. I also understand it's it's kind of a, a bias thing, too. And, and it's one of those things you don't see that often, so you're yeah. not expecting to see it, yeah. baby. Hey, Grenier, Banks. <laughs> no. No, 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 he didn't. But my phone definitely blew up because, well, you had said something about a, a, the effort, and I was like, I'm not watching. And you're like, that's probably a good thing. It should be 5 nothing. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that's not good. And I put my phone away, not really worrying about it. And then pling, 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 pling. Yeah. Michigan. Holy shit, a Michigan. Holy shit, a Michigan. <laughs> I can't believe I saw Michigan. Did you see the Michigan? I'm like, no, I didn't. I wasn't watching. The one night I go out yeah. on a game day. Oh. Yeah, so that was... Um... No, for for me, it just I wasn't even happy with the performance. You know, no. it was just it's just another one of those frustrating games where you're just like, this team is better than than how they're playing. There's a serious consistency problem right now, and 
we're seeing it almost every game where it's it's a roller coaster and this is when you're supposed to start playing your best hockey yeah and it's not happening and so it's 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 going to come back to bite them in the ass, and uh, we only had to look at... I know we can't really skip over Saturday's game, but when we say come and bite you in the ass, we mean it. When we say we, you lose 7-2 to Charlottetown, yeah. that's pretty goddamn impressive if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. before we... Uh, yeah, and, and almost everyone I've talked to, and we've talked to podcasts, it's been, on the post-game show, it's been... 60-minute consistent effort, 60-minute effort. If we can play 60-minute effort, you're right. If the if this team plays like they can play and like they did against Halifax in Halifax on the Family Day weekend, yep. they're in for a long playoff run. Yep. This team plays like they did against Charlottetown. It's five and we're done. And yep. uh, we're taking a couple, a month or two off and get ready for the draft. Like yep. it's 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 got to be a consistent effort each and every uh, game, you go to the Saturday one, one of the weirdest ones I've seen um, in terms of officiating. Um, again, I, I had someone come talk to me as I was going to get 50-50 tickets. What do you think of this one? I'm like, it, it should be another overtime shootout effort. Um, I don't want it to be, but that's what it should be. And um, that's exactly what it was. We got one, they got one. We got one, they got one. We got one, they got one. Um, but we lose OJ. Um, he's day to day. Uh, we lose Pandowski at the end of the game. He's day to day. We lose Miles Mueller on one of the stupidest calls I've ever seen. Um, we lose Loshing on one of the call you have to make in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, up in the booth, Eagles was like, if they don't kick him out, they're going head hunting. Like, you have to kick him out just on the basis of kicking him out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Miles Mueller one, like I said on the on the live, I I just don't understand it. If he's in another rink, um, and he flips it over the glass. Sure, you can make a case to kick him out, but an unsportsmanlike conduct is a two-minute penalty. I know Denway got uh, abuse of an official on Saturday uh, or Sunday. Even the code, it's been changed three times on on the stat sheet for Miles Mueller. The first time it was it was misconduct. There was no game in there, and then after the intermission, it was uh, miscellaneous code unknown game misconduct, and now it's miscellaneous explain game misconduct. So if you don't know what it is. You can't call it. The the kid felt terrible about putting the puck over the glass. That was not his intention, especially at home to his home fans. He's not flipping the puck in there. I just, I I thought it was a 10-minute misconduct where he was going to come back on. When he didn't come back on for the third period, you just, you can't. But it as bad as that was, that was a character win by the hockey club to be down three forwards and a defenseman. Um, and end up outlasting Charlottetown, which after the effort on Sunday was a big, big two points mm-hmm. that this team got. Yeah. Uh, a brief uh, addition to that Miles thing. It is in the rule book. That's a game misconduct? That's a game misconduct. If a puck is flipped accidentally or really? unintentionally or whatever, if a player picks up a puck and... Throws it to a fan during the game. Game misconduct. Uh, it's it's just like if a fan were to throw something on the ice mm-hmm. during the game, they're kicked out. It's the same thing with players. If they're going to, you know, with the only exception is when you shoot a puck over the glass, it's a two-minute minor. But after the whistle, if you shoot it into the crowd, it's an automatic game misconduct. That's, wow. and, that's and that's in the rule book. It's, it's huh. uh, I only got that this morning. Um, so that's just the, uh, that's just, Stand the, corrected. that's just the way it is. Yeah. And, uh, whether you never see it called. So well, you don't think, that's especially time, at I've, home. I've never seen it before, especially at home. Uh, but whether you're at home or, or away, it's, it's going to get called a game misconduct. Um, whether it was accidental or on purpose or yeah. you're just flipping a puck to a, to a fan, uh, which is funny because, you know, you see in the NHL when these guys, Throw their sticks into the crowd on overtime winners. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Give me a game of Skarnik? I just ended the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's um, that's kind of the, the same the same thing. You can't kick a guy out if you're literally ending the game uh, on a on an OC winner. So it's it's uh, that's it's in the rule book and huh. it was it was followed. So it's um, but yeah, no, you're right. Uh, there was it was a uh, this was a game where you know it was the counter punch was always there. But Charlottetown always had 
the countered. They always countered the counter punch. Yeah. Um, and then once you get to, uh, you know, overtime, it was. I I I I I I realized it was probably a, an ex- like I said I said to you probably an extremely difficult decision for uh, Coach Lacroix to put Sean Carrier on the ice in overtime. Um, but because uh, <laughs> he had no one else. Yeah, because we and we saw what happened. Yeah, you know he he got him the puck, you know two hundred almost two hundred feet away, right on his tape, and for a breakaway. And I was watching that. I was like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, go back on it. It's over. And he went yeah. back in. It's over. Yeah. Like I, I I called the goal. I wish it was a, I would have been at the game so I could call it in front of the, everybody in the media booth. And it was uh, no, it was it was a good win. And uh, it's too bad they couldn't uh, do the same. Uh, Less than, less than 24 hours later. Yeah, follow-up momentum-wise. Um, I, I I don't know if the Wildcats made the trip to Charlottetown. It might have just been um, an Islanders practice. But it wasn't good. Um, from start to finish, no one no one showed up. It kind of reminded me of that, uh, that St. John game where we talked to Hefta Jafter, and, and I said, what did you see out there? And he said, I saw a team in St. John that came to play. And we weren't ready. And I think that's exactly what, if you asked him today, um, you saw on Sunday is a team that was ready to go in Charlottetown. That was probably a little pissed off that they mm-hmm. lost in overtime, uh, mm-hmm. broke their winning streak. And um, that's a tough building to play in anyways. You got to be ready to go from, from puck drop. And um, Keegan had a tough night. I, I think there's probably two that he'd like back, but when guys are blowing the zone, um, when guys are skating past the puck after he makes a save or they're not yeah, checking anyone or letting guys go wide on them or going wide on them, cut right to the net. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what more um, he can do other than having another 43-goal performance in front of him. Um, they somehow outshoot them. I, I, I don't know how, um, but 0 for 4 in the power play was a bit of a, a big thing too for, for this club. Yeah. Take uh... – Take those probably twenty of those shots away because the Wildcats probably only had about fifteen quality shots yeah. all game. Yeah, it didn't look like they had all day. They were shooting it into legs. They were, you know, getting shots blocked left and right. It was just, uh, you know, they were being kept to the outside. There was, yeah. there was no, no quality scoring chances at all in this game. And you know, I think if you're anytime you're without your your top goal scorer, it's you're going to struggle with uh, offensive production, but at the same time, you've got to be able to step step it up a little bit, and no one really stepped it up. You no. know, it's it's one of those games. <laughs> I jokingly I say this, but you know, the bus driver should have just dropped them off at the at the SO in Borden and uh, had them walk across a bridge and you know get uh, get men on the other side because they didn't. There was you know you got to. Start, uh, dis- I shouldn't say disciplining, but punishing your players. And I think walking across Confederation Bridge would be a nice little <laughs> punishment. And but uh, obviously that would uh, not be very well. Uh, that would end the cross tenure. That would end his tenure would, real uh, quick. Yeah. You know that wouldn't go very well no. across the league, um, especially when sure. you have the uh, the Sudbury Bounty Gate that's e- going on there. Yeah. That investigation. Yeah. You don't want to be in that. That would not be yeah, a very no. good uh, <laughs> PR would... move. No. Uh, but that's why I said jokingly, yeah. uh, I didn't. I didn't mean that at all. Um, but practices should be a little bit harder this week. Yeah, they should. Like but if, there's there's been coaches that, yeah. after poor efforts, and I know this because there was a coach in Moncton from a few years ago that did this. Took the players' phones away for the bus ride home. Oh, because the the effort just wasn't there. And that's that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. And once they get back to Moncton, they got their phones back. But yeah. You know, you eh. because you put an effort like that on on Thursday when we like we're looking ahead. You got Bay Como, you got Kate Breton. Yeah, those are two like the schedule doesn't get any easier. Last year you had a bit of, I mean, it was a bad second half, but you were looking at Kate Breton, who was winnable. St. John was winnable. Charlottetown were there. Now all those teams are in the playoff spots and they're mm-hmm. all fighting for it. St. John as well. I mean, we've kind of handled them the past couple games, other than the seven nothing one. But they're only five points up on Valdor for the eighth spot in the Western Conference. So these are all playoff-style games. So, A, you should be going to them with your tickets. Um, but, B, you have an effort like that against uh, 
against Bay Como, and it's not going to be seven two. It it might be double digits. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a which is which is crazy because they played Bay Como and they were tied with Bay Como and they had they were right there with them. Yeah. They they can play with the teams. I think it's for whatever reason for the past two years, it's a playing down to competition. And it's they play playing, down playing, to people under them in the standings. Well, it's playing down. It's playing not not up to their to, to their standards, to their abilities and their standards, and yeah. not being able to put a full effort on the ice for the entire game. Like it's you know, I know it's it's tough for teams to do it on a night at, on a night night in night out basis, um, but you know these are times where they're not even getting. 60 minute efforts I would say probably 70 they might have only had 60 minute efforts for 20% of the games this yeah. year you know it's it's that's you just can't let that happen it's uh, that's you're going to end up losing games that you you know you should have won and that's just the that's just the way it is right now they're just not getting the efforts and no. LaCroix and Heptich said it's on the coaching staff and it's time for them to, you know, get the old whipping stick out. Yeah. Yeah, because it's... I don't even know where to go with it because it's just, it's so... Like, you might as well just stop the tape here, go and find a show from February, uh, well, what are we, the 28th? Yeah, so it's, it's getting Just before we played, just before we went on the Quebec road trip with Ramuski, Bacoma, and Shikudami. Listen to the exact same thing because it's the exact same thing we talked about. And, you know, you, we talk about in the news, Yannick Jean has success in Shikudami through the ups and the downs because they have a consistent level effort. You look at Jim Holton, mm-hmm. consistent Holton level. Hockey. Holton Hockey, we talk about it all the time. They're going to be a very tough out in the playoffs. Yeah, always tough. I'm 100% for consistency in coaching. When the consistency is, I'm seeing the effort. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about the losses. I don't care. But 7-2 with zero to no effort of guys letting Huckins go past him, guys letting uh, Will Allen go wide on him. Um, they get a shot. <coughs> if you ask Keegan, yes, maybe he wants to catch it, but he doesn't. And your job is to move the puck when he doesn't catch it. And four guys go past it, leaving a wide-open shot. That That's just not an effort that I want to see in a loss. It just it has to be a consistent effort. I we played what fifty seven games, mm-hmm. ten. They've had a sixty minute effort consistently that we've said. Usually it spurts here and there, but um, in the second half, can you remember two, a lot? two of those two of those games were the first two games of the season? Yeah. Aside from the Halifax effort, I don't know the last so sixty minutes. Two the two Cape Breton games to start the season. Yeah. The family day weekend game in Halifax. Yeah. The seven nothing game against St John. The Renaranda one. Renaranda one. The Crawford one. Yeah. Um, Gatineau? Maybe. No, because they had a terrible second uh, period. Me, the Scootamy game where they you know, spanked them. Two, yeah. yeah. So you're really looking at probably, you know, how many how many wins they got this season? 32. 32. And probably only 10 of those were what you and I would say yeah. were, were complete 60-minute efforts. Yeah. And the other 22 were... They got here. They got there. Yeah, they might have, they might have played forty five minutes and, and got lucky. Yeah, you know it's it's or had a goalie steal it like uh, Steinman or uh, yep. in I can't remember where it was, but Keegan Warren just and and Bathurst there. So, yep. yep. You look at you look ahead, and we talked about this a little bit off air last time. I mean, we've got Shikutami, or actually, right now. Fun fact: We're heading to Cape Breton in the playoffs. Nice. In round one, it's Baycomo, uh, Baycomo, Charlottetown, Halifax, Bathurst, Moncton, Cape Breton, Ramuski, Shikutami. Nice. Shikutami's got the advantage. So Lovely. Um, you look at Ramuski, Shikutami, Cape Breton, and Bathurst, and based off how this kind of has gone in the second half, I don't feel nearly as confident in that first no, round. No, And skill-wise, we have more skill than probably every single one of those teams. But coaching wise, is what scares me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even in last year, with how up and down it was, that playoff series, Dan coached pretty well in the playoffs. So 
I don't know, but it's it, we just need to see efforts. I need to see a 60-minute effort against against Bay Como, and you're going to miss Loshing. You know you're missing Loshing, um, but that can't be an excuse. This this is a very talented top six. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're taking out your number one scorer, but you got to be able to adapt in the top six without him. That's it. Like if you're if Bay Como was without Justin Poirier for the game Thursday for for whatever reason, you know. Are they just suddenly just not going to perform? No. They would probably still beat Moncton without Justin Poirier in the lineup. Halifax missed Cataford on the first game of their road trip and no issues. Well, they weren't exactly playing a... No, but they were playing a team below them in the standings and they took care of it. Just like we were playing a team below us in the standings and we didn't take care of it. So it it can't be, oh, we're missing Loshing, so woe is us. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the thing. And... It's it's not uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride to the end of the season. You've got Baycomo, okay, Breton. Uh, we see Charlottetown, well, one more time. Got Halifax twice, and we actually see Cape Breton three times. So all here, right? Yep, all nice. here because um, they're gone for um, the Scott, not the Scotties. No, we're the old. women's world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all three against Cape Breton here, and then uh, home and home with Bathurst to end the year. So lovely. All the games in March, yeah, they're divisional, but they're playoff-style games, mm-hmm. and you need to start coming together and seeing the effort um, from this team, no matter who's in net. It can't just be when Steinman's in net, you play you play well defensive structure, but it's got to be when the other guy's in the net, too. So, um, you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Yeah, Sarah. Okay. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right, so our, our good buddy uh, Denis Duara uh, shared this on uh, on Twitter. So I thought I'd maybe give it uh, the old uh, stick tap. So uh, this is Le Restaurant du Village Bakery Saint Antoine, oh, and that's a mouthful that. of, of a restaurant. Thank God, you said that. Uh, it's back. They say the Denis Burger. I wish I had a burger named after me. Uh, the right? Denis Burger is back for the month of March, every Saturday and Sunday from a one from one p.m. to seven p.m. Um, this year they're going to be honoring the memory of Miguel Poitier, a uh, former uh, Moncton Flyer, actually, uh, who passed away in uh, I believe in January. Uh, they're going to be donating two dollars sold from every burger to his foundation, which helps uh, homeless people. Uh, so this is uh, the burger itself is thirteen ninety nine. Uh, you get a side of fries and uh, of course the never miss coleslaw at uh, the restaurant du village bakery in Saint Antoine. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's your your stick tap Saint Antoine. Beautiful little town. Um, not as not not as nice as Irish Town, but uh, it's you have to go through Irish Town to get there. So you can. Uh, Drive by my house and give me a toot, dude. <laughs> if you're going up to the uh, San Antonio to get the Dini Burger. So there's your uh, stick tap of the week. Thank you, Mr. Duaron, for sharing that on the X, as it's called now. <laughs> and uh, keep going. That's it. All right. <laughs> yeah. The stick tap of the week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. And that brings us to the Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa Wildcats Wildcat of the Week. Uh, Don't forget they've got the loyalty card, book nine spa services. You get one free if you want to take advantage of that. Call 506-830-1224 or book with them in person at 1224 Mountain Road. Um... A dude that's pretty much been on fire. Um, he's got a eight-game point streak. Two, four, six, eight-game point streak. Um, he had two goals and an assist over the week. Um, the tying or the leading goal against Saint uh, or against Charlottetown, um, and then one of the goals again uh, on Sunday in Charlottetown. And uh, he's right up there with rookie of the year, um, and doing it without loshing, which. A lot of rookies have those successful top guys that they play with to get feed feed for points, but he's been doing it without them uh, the past two games. So your Wildcast Wildcat of the week is number 18, first overall pick, Caleb Denoye. Yeah, uh, not, not bad for a first overall pick. Not bad for a first overall pick, and um, you were 
you're close. He's he's up there for uh, for rookie of the year with one of your uh, with one of your selections that you had. Um, I went back and watched it. The uh, the rookie the league rookie of the year. Oh yes, you picked Caleb At, for, and, for league. Yeah. yeah, and funny if you go back and watch it, you're like, uh, I got Louis Philippe Langer, um, uh, Raúl Bolliard. Uh, there's one other name. You're like, but I'm gonna go with Caleb Denway. I was like, he's got two out of four. And then even with the the uh, the MVP, uh, you took Borash, and you mm-hmm. talked about um, uh, Vero. Yeah, you're like he. He's going to be feeding them. He's going to get a lot of goals, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You had both names for guys that are kind of leading, so you – Oh, so close. I'm so close. <laughs> so close. Just not close enough for this cigar. <laughs> no, but that'll, uh, <laughs> that'll do it uh, for this week. Again, um, thanks to everyone that entered our contest. I don't know who the winner is because by the time you hear this, uh, we will have revealed it. So, again, we had almost 220 uh, inputs for it, entries, nice. I guess, should we? Um, so we will have another one. I'm just not sure, um, if it's going to be the game against Halifax, there is a possibility we might do it for the final game of the year with maybe some club tickets. Um, but we're working on that. If you want to get your tickets to tomorrow's game against Bay Como, use the code defend, uh, and you will get a $14 and 70 ticket tax included. So they got another one of those discount codes coming again. That is defend. Uh, you get a $14, 70 ticket ticket taxes included. That's, uh, for those scoring at home. D E F E N D defend. Well done. <laughs> you have a safe trip, sir. Thank you. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the scouting mission. The uh, hospitality of I can actually that's right. I can't disclose where I'm going. Yeah, you can't disclose where you're that's going. Right. You'll be in many locations. That's right. Um, how are you going to be away from your puppy for a week, bro? Oh, I feel like a bad father. <laughs> you know those those fathers. <laughs> Those fathers who suddenly disappear after, yeah. you know, becoming, yeah. after giving birth. Yeah. Or not giving birth, but being there for the birth. Experiencing birth. Yeah. birth. yeah. Uh, like one of those fathers who just, you know, leaves their leaves their wife and child after, <laughs> you know, to be a single. Yeah. You're not going to, uh, you're not going to, uh, oh, I just had it. And I just, oh, you're not going to be FaceTiming Megan every day. You're going to FaceTime her and just show the dog. Well, we actually set up our camera to look at the dog's kennel now. Yeah. So I can kind of keep an eye on it while I'm gone so and talk to it. So at least you got something? Yeah. Perfect. So, All right. Big scout mission. Big scout mission. I'm yep. excited to uh, – we'll have your – we'll have your – bring your notes next week. I'll have my notes. Trust me. If we're looking for talent after performances <laughs> like Sunday, yeah. I'll, I'll be flipping the pages. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, we'll this be looking... guy, this guy, this yeah. guy. Yeah, we don't like to talk a draft four or five months out, but uh, based on that performance – We could be looking at that. Uh, For Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.